It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Brester Show. Yes, hello, good morning, welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show, live on 1629 SENSA. We have a big show coming your way. And when I think big, well, I think about this man. From Ma. Yes. Big shot by Brett Ma. Ah, big shot indeed. I mean big. He's big. He's Brett Maher. Good to see you, Brettster. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, great intro as normal. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to this week's uh, talk on sport. Now I look over to the southern end of the Studio Lumo here, number one King William Street, and I see a vacant chair once more. <laughs> We'll save the intro for the great man when he joins us a little later. I tell you what, he just lives a life of holiday, oh. doesn't he? He's not bad. He's still up in Darwin, so we'll uh, get to him later. He might have been arrested for catching too many fish. Well, or buying too many weights to stick in his fish. <laughs> I don't know, one of the two. You never know what you're going to learn here on the Bungie and Brettster Show. We do it all thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. You can visit their Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi. Driven by Australian Motors showrooms, they do it all. They do a great job of it as well. What a show we've got coming up. Adelaide United on fire. Adelaide Giants doing their best work over in Perth. Australia doing well in the Billie Jean Cup. Uh, Billie Jean King Cup. Uh, just so much to look forward to today. A lot of AFLW as well. And, of course, Magic Round, which I'm excited about, but some people in Adelaide uh, just can't get excited about it. I love it. I'm looking forward to talking about that. And it's good to see some South Australian teams doing well. We've had we've had a bit of a drought here for a while. And, uh, yeah, to see some of these teams playing really well up the top of uh, some of these ladders is exciting. Uh, it's great for SA. And um, to be bringing teams like this Magic Round into SA, I think it's fantastic. For all those people saying, i.e., Kimbo on the Rooch, or maybe more Rooch than Kimbo, and Graham Corns. Why? Why do we... Ask yourself, why not? Ask what you can do for your state and your city and get behind it to have every team here. It's going to be outstanding. We're going to chat with Bungie about that a little bit later. I don't see a downside. I think it's a marketer's dream. Be able to market that, get a heap of people into the state, get them up to the Barossa Valley, get them all through uh, our restaurants, etc. I think it'd be a great excuse to come to SA watch a good couple of games of footy and experience the state. What, what more could you ask for? And I'm all for Peter Malinowskis. The Premier is doing a great job giving uh, the Sydney Premier a clip on the way past <laughs> as well. Although I did think it was a little bit, just a tad disrespectful of uh, Gillam McLaughlin from the AFL to call our Premier a pest. He said he was a pest because he kept on getting on the phone and saying, we want it here, we'll do this, we'll do that, we will whatever you want. And he said he was getting a little bit of a pest. Can you call the Premier of a state a pest? I don't know. Whether, uh, Gillen getting a little bit not? excited. I know he's in charge <laughs> of the AFL, but uh, he got a clip on the way past as well. All fair in love and war, I guess. But uh, we'll certainly chat about that a little later as well. And going to hear from Marina Whittle from the Adelaide Lightning, who uh, went down to Townsville on Friday night and play the reigning champs Melbourne today. So a big game for them. It's always difficult. You don't want to be starting a season zero on three, but they've had a tough draw. Yeah, getting on the road for the first few games is tough. The travel is tough. Uh, Marina had a reasonable game. She had 10 points uh, in that game. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see 
how the team's kind of gelling together. Uh, we've obviously seen some problems with the 36ers, but I'm sure this Lightning team is gelling well and uh, looking forward to coming back home and getting that first game. Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes are part of the team here at the Bungie and Bretster Show. But, of course, today it's all about the T20 World Cup. Sadly, we're not there in terms of Australia being part of it. And there is a little bit of uh, modicum of doubt about the game going ahead with the weather. But I've just seen a photo taken out of Melbourne today. Blue skies at the moment. We know what Melbourne's like. Weather changes pretty quickly. But let's hope they get the game underway and they can finish it. Well, another promoter's dream gone missing there with India not getting through. I actually thought that they had done enough. They had the 169 on the board and... Uh, I thought Coley was very good. They they probably were a bit restrained. They could have, when you look back in hindsight, gone a little bit harder at their batting. But that was a really good game. What an effort from uh, <laughs> the English team to knock that over without losing a wicket. Incredible. They, that that batting was unbelievable to watch. Uh, just watch them smack it out of the park consistently um, because India don't have a bad bowling attack, and uh, they just got on top and got smashing it's the nature of the game isn't it that you can play well and not win and if someone plays a little bit better on the day you just have to take your hat off to them and I know there's a lot of talk about India underachieving but semi-finals they did better than Australia did and once you're in a semi-final well it's like making the prelim final in the AFL season I think if you can make the prelim it's a successful season because only one team's going to win the whole thing so but uh, we should take a hat off to the bad boy Alex Hales who's turned out to be the hero here (laughs) Now, he was banned for his off-field problems, was involved in fights, was involved in, may have been some recreational drugs uh, involved as well. Uh, and only got called up to the T20 lineup for England after Johnny Bairstow was hurt at the last minute coming into the tournament. And now he's going to turn out to be the hero. He certainly was in the semi-final. And uh, it made me think about Craig Randall a little bit earlier in the week, who was released by the Adelaide 36ers because of chemistry or his attitude and being a bad boy so to speak in inverted commas that that his teammates just uh, couldn't warm to and they decided to cut and run and he's left the organization and for England well they gave Hales one more chance and in fact he actually approached them Mm. well who was it that got injured playing golf Johnny Bairstow playing golf so he rings up the coach asks can I be the man to step in and um, yeah, I mean, they've had their troubles through their batting lineup over the years, but uh, yeah, they've been very good at the front. Both Butler and Hales were amazing. 86 off 47 Hales had in that semi and uh, was just looking great. And that'd have to be the hot favourite going into this final. Although I love the story of Pakistan, how they were pretty much written off until Netherlands beat South Africa and gave them their chance. And there was a good article in the paper through the week uh, where Maddie Hayden um, talks about how they went over to Rottnest Island, a bit of a soul-searching trip, and uh, went bike riding, swimming, had some really good Pakistani food, got a lot of stuff off their chest, and have just turned around, and they're playing, they're playing very well. So it could, T20, it could go any way, but uh, I think it's a good story. And um, if... Pakistan or Pakistan or England, one of them will win. Uh, one of them will be the first team other uh, as the only teams to win two T20 World Cup titles. So they'll join West Indies who have done that. So I finally got that out. That was a bit... Um, uh, we got there. <laughs> a bit longer story than I wanted that to be. Um, and 
you'd want to be the chaser. All the stats are pointing towards the team that's chasing is going to win. So uh, we might see a team win the toss and, and throw the other team in so that they can chase down uh, whatever um, score is put in front of them. Bit of a Cinderella story about Pakistan as well because back in 1992 at the World Cup, this happened. That's up in the air. He's getting under it. This could be victory. It is. Pakistan win the World Cup. A magnificent performance in front of 87,000 people. Imran Khan has went inside to victory. What a great victory. How about that, Imran Khan? Oh, those were the days. He was good, wasn't he? Um, 30 years ago. Amazing. And they're back at the MCG looking to do it again. And, you know, really after when they played India in that first game and they looked like they were going to win and then Virat Kohli just snatched it away from them, well, they're going to have the last laugh over India. And, in fact, I like their chances today against England. Did England peak in the semi final? Well, maybe they did. Well, two did. Uh, the rest of the team is <laughs> still, get a they're still fresh. So <laughs> I think uh, I think England are hard to go past. And whoever wins, one point six mil in prize money. So wow. that's um, that's a decent little kick along for the purse, isn't it? I wonder. Bad. I wonder how much the players get of that, and how much goes back through cricket Pakistan or cricket in uh, England. So that'll be very interesting. Not enough, I'd say, from the players' point of of view. Look, and while we say Australia are out of it and we're disappointed that our team didn't get there, let's not forget that Matthew Mott is the coach of England. And as you've mentioned, Matty Hayden is leading Pakistan. Why are all our good coaches not coaching Australia? Have we we got this around the wrong way, do you think, Marzi? Well, you've got to ask that question now with them doing so well. Uh, we're talking about the coach of uh, Australian team who's um, a little bit unknown, really, for me. I watch a bit of cricket and I didn't really know much of his career. He obviously played a little bit for Australia and must be highly thought of. Um, I know Cummins was seen hugging him and... And that's, uh, I think he's got some good relationships through the team. But uh, it was interesting to see England have different coaches for the different formats and that they're starting to think that that might be the way to go. Just with the demands on how much they're getting asked to play, um, to have one coach across all formats picking, help selecting, picking those teams. I think they're onto a winner, England, in, in having different coaches for the T20 as opposed to the, the white ball game. It's a different It's a different ball game, isn't it? It really mm. is. But to Matthew Mott, it's an extraordinary story. After leading the Australian women to the one-day World Cup this year, he's going to be first coach ever in any sport to lead a man's team and a woman's team or women's team to a World Cup win in the same sport in the same year. It's probably a record we may not ever see again. It'll be pretty hard to do, isn't it? Like to coach the women's team of a, a national team and then another country uh, with a men's team. It's pretty impressive. It like, is. <laughs> and, and just to have the two World Cups in the same year and, yeah, oh, that is phenomenal. I, I can't see that ever being uh, redone. He's really underplayed it as well. I heard him a little earlier this week speaking with Andrew Gaze and Andrew Marr on the run home on SEN. And he was just playing it down saying, look, a lot of it is to do, they said, where did this success come from? And he said, a lot of it is to do with being in the right place at the right time, which I thought, well, there is a little bit of truth to that in the sense that the Australian women's team is a dynamic team and one of the best in the world, but you still have to win these games. And he's the coach. He should take some of the credit for it as well, because he led the Australian women's team to two T20 World Cup wins as well in 2018 and 2020. So he's got a body of work which suggests he is a great coach. And if you can coach women and men and get these results at World Cups, that says a lot about your coaching and your man management and your 
woman man- management, I guess. Uh, well, how much impact does a coach in cricket have? Like, obviously, the captain is making all the calls during the game. Yeah. Um, I don't think the coach can have much impact on once the game starts, can they? They they can do the day to day training and make sure you can catch the ball and throw the ball. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, what are they, what are they doing? Are they just more psychologists? I would have thought in getting the players' heads right to go into the game. Well, it's ninety percent above the neck, isn't mm. it? So I, I think they're undersold. I mean, as as we've heard uh, mentioned this week, is that you know if the team plays well. The captain and the players get all the credit. If the team plays poorly, the, the coach, coach gets, gets the sack. <laughs> I know. I don't understand that. I really don't. I think. I mean, a lot, the players get off lightly. They don't do, they? don't they? They the, do. The incredible stuff. But uh, no, well, we know an Australian is going to coach the winner of the T Twenty World Cup. That's uh, that's a given. Matthew Mott, or it's going to be Matty Hayden coaching Pakistan. So who are so, you tipping there? You... Look, England were the favourites coming into the tournament, and I hope Pakistan beat them. <laughs> I'm going to go, I, you never like to pick England. Well, Australians <laughs> typically don't, but I think they're playing so well at the moment. I think uh, England are going to get it done. And um, yeah, I think it'll be entertaining. And hopefully the rain holds off. I, I want to preferably to all go ahead today. If it doesn't, then they come back tomorrow at three o'clock and the ICC have given them a little bit extra time as well. But we hope that doesn't happen. It's amazing, isn't it, when you think about it, that the shortened form of the cricket game was all brought about by a rained-out test match back in the day. Mm. And now we've got to the stage where we've gone from 50-over cricket down to T20 and the T20 showpiece might be washed out and we might have to come back and play it the next day. But um, let's hope it does uh, It does get a big crowd and they are able to get through it today. It should be a great game and you'll be able to hear it all here on SEN. Uh, from 2pm, we start the build-up there and, of course, the game gets under underway at 6 o'clock. England against Pakistan. Look, while we're talking cricket here to get us underway mm. on the Bungie and Bredster show on this Sunday morning, the Strikers Women's Big Bash League, they were going along so nicely and just had a minor hiccup uh, on Friday when they lost to Hobart here by 23 runs in a gettable target that they had as well. And they were second on the ladder. They've tumbled to fifth, but they get a chance for redemption today against the Sydney Thunder up at Nuriutpa. That is, of course, again, going to be uh, reflected by the weather as well. Let's hope that the weather dies down a little bit because uh, I'm sure there's some people perhaps listening to us here on the Bungie and Brett's The Show this morning through the great SEN app because maybe the radio at home plugged in unless it's on a battery might be working and we feel for those people without power at the moment. And as a fireman... Gee, your team would have been busy yesterday, Brett. Are you out there rolling up the sleeves, getting out there to help the people in need? I'm sure they were very busy. Uh, they were calling for extras to come in. Uh, I wasn't working, so I didn't really care. Um, but I'm sure, I'm sure they were out and about. They would have been flat out because the pageant was on as well and I'm glad that that got to go ahead and uh, we always have an open day in at the main station on Wakefield Street so everything was set up for that and uh, I'm not sure how that went with the rain and that as well but I I know my front yard was flooded and uh, trees down everywhere so we we do um, hope everyone's okay out there in, um, in metropolitan Adelaide and in the country because that storm was uh, was something else, the lightning and the thunder. And just getting back to that cricket game, um, yeah, Heather Graham and uh, Elise Villani were the highlights for Hurricanes. It's not the Heather Graham, uh, one of my favourite actresses going back in the 80s, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure this Heather Graham What was Heather Graham in that you like so much? Oh, she was just attractive, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> Anything. Whatever she was on, you were enjoying it. Uh, yes. Uh, anyway, we'll move along. Back to sport. Um, Lord 
Laura Woolvart and Talia McGrath were very good, but we just couldn't chase that um, that score down. Four for 129 we were, uh, as opposed to the Hurricanes. Four for 152. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're looking all right. Unfortunately, we've toppled back a little bit. But yep. uh, And also the guys are about to get going as well. Uh, really looking forward to that. I was, I was looking through our team list. I'll tell you what, I don't think we've had as deep a team list um, for the strikers ever. Um, you go through our bowlers and uh, our batters, and uh, I'm really impressed by this team that they've put together. Yep, the strikers looking good. They're going to be up against the Sydney Sixers on Wednesday night at Adelaide Oval, and we always enjoy the big bash league here at Adelaide Oval, uh, and the Sixers were going to be a good opposition, but the strikers here for Adelaide are going to get the job done. At least that's my long-range prediction. And as we mentioned, the Strikers Women's Big Bash League game today, 2.30 at Nuriutpa. And, of course, they play the Brisbane Heat on Monday as well tomorrow. So they've got a busy schedule. Very hectic at the moment. Look, we need to take a break here on the Bungie and Breadster Show. We're underway. We've got a lot more coming your way here. And we do it all thanks to Mayhem Collectibles. Get ready for Mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles, the parade at Norwood. More of the Bungie and Breadster Show right after this. For a Mitsubishi... You have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show. Thanks for sharing your Sunday morning with us here on the Bungie and Brettster Show. Brett Maher in the studio with John Casey and the Bunge Man. He is up in Darwin, going to be joining us a little later to tell us about his fishing and everything else that's been going on up there and also to talk some AFL Magic Round and AFLW. The Adelaide Crows getting through to the preliminary final next week against Brisbane. Going to be a big ask, but nothing is beyond our team. They're doing a great job of it. And speaking of doing a great job, well, that's what Australian motors do. And we're proud to say they're great supporters of our show and the GM of Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. I'm talking about Chris Matten is on the line joining us now. Good morning to you, Chris. Good morning, John. Good morning, Brester. How are you both? Yeah, going well. Thanks, Chris. Uh, great to have you on the show. We had Dylan on last week and he was pumping up the new showroom down there at uh, on uh, Goody Road and uh, how good that is. But you guys have also undergone some uh, renovations uh, down south uh, there. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I can. I can too, both, uh, and the listeners. Uh, we were lucky enough, uh, going back about three to four months ago, John and Brett said that we would uh, uh, pick up a, a good slice of land next to us, which has enabled us to uh, almost uh, triple our used car capacity uh, down south uh, and certainly give us uh, a lot more um, serviceability for, uh, for our service clients. And we've got a very loyal base of service clients, so... Uh, it's been nice to uh, to add the extra workshops down the back um, and just give us the ability to uh, to get people in a bit quicker than we have been. Yeah, I was going to ask, as far as expanding that service uh, department and the service area, how does that affect the business as far as being able to get more people through, service the cars quicker? How does that work? It's uh, It's been good for us, Presta, uh, based around the fact that we, uh, we had quite a long uh, extended booking wait and we've been able to bring that down um, uh, very quickly uh, with the extra capacity going through, uh, which obviously means our customers are much happier. Uh, we've obviously been able to employ more staff too, which has been great for the local community as well. So uh, very positive uh, from the point of view of our customers and very positive from the point of view of our business. 
Chris, we know you do great work in the community. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because in this day and age, it's not just about uh, getting customers in the door and making them happy. You need to go that extra mile. And I know Australian Motors are all about that. We had Dylan on last week telling us about their involvement in the community and what they're up to as well. And no doubt that's something that you really uh, put a high price on as well. It's something that, as GM down there, certainly looking to do more of. Uh, we've been extremely busy with the um, with the with the renovations, the expansion. Uh, so certainly something moving forward, I want to focus more on. But certainly we utilise our, our sponsorship of you know local sport, including the 36ers, to uh, to entertain our, our good corporate clients uh, and potential new uh, sponsors as well. So um, so it's certainly something that we're looking to do more of uh, and uh, and keep what we're doing uh, growing uh, moving forward. Chris, I drive uh, my white Outlander and I went to the car park the other day and I couldn't find it. There was about six of them sitting there next to each other. <laughs> they seem to be everywhere. I, the car sales yeah. must be going well. What are, what are some of the other models that are, that are flying out the door as well? Uh, look, I think Mitsubishi do really well. Uh, uh, John and Brexter with, uh, with, with SUVs, you know, you've got your ASX, your Eclipse Cross, uh, your Outlander, of course, very popular car. Uh, I was listening to Jared. Uh, talk to you guys about uh, opening tailgates uh, remotely at the back and uh, and uh, heated seats, but uh, you know Outlanders with massaging seats now as well. Uh, just oh, really? really? Good features. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tell you what. Driving to work, 45 minutes each way. Uh, it certainly comes in handy, um, but a very good range of utes as well. Uh, John and Brett, so that we, uh, you know, very popular in the market. So, uh, but as I said, the, the, the used cars has been the big. Uh, expansion for us down there, immediate delivery on anywhere up to 70 used cars, uh, but the new cars is still a vital part of what we do. Yeah, I tell you what, the uh, heated seat, I never thought I'd enjoy something in a car so much, but on the, the way in on a cold morning, and uh, now that you can add a massage to that as well, I tell you what, I might have to it, trade mine in for the next model. Uh, whenever you're ready, mate, you come down and see us, have to look after you as always, you know. Uh, excellent. And what about um, like people coming in, grabbing a new car? Is there much of a wait? I know with all models and all brands, there, there's been with COVID a bit of a hold up. How's that looking at the moment? It's getting better and better, uh, guys. So yep. uh, it's slowly coming back. There is still a wait, um, but we're finding from the manufacturer now that we're getting a little bit more flow through of those new vehicles. And I mean, that's why the, um, the, the fact now that we've got those used cars down there, uh, Brexter and John is that uh, you, you've got immediate delivery on those and uh, all makes and models, not necessarily just Mitsubishi and that's same for the service department too where we've just got that experience over the years. Uh, you know, we're 30 years down there now, Southern Mitsubishi um, and we've just got the experience to, to also service any make and model of car too. So, um, you know, very important that I mention that that fact there as well uh, for, uh, for our listeners and also our consumers. Chris, uh, I'm a proud owner of an Outlander myself, and I'm with uh, Brett Maher here. When I went through looking for a new car, I could not find a better car value for money for what comes, what you get with a brand new Mitsubishi these days. It's just outstanding. It's uh, it's a long way from where we were when my late father was selling cars, uh, and they've changed so much that um, these days you do get value for money, and the, the reliability of these cars is just outstanding. I think the fact, John, uh, uh, that we as a, as a manufacturer in Mitsubishi back up our consumers with a, with a fantastic 10-year warranty with 10 years' worth of cap price service on a new purchase uh, is just extraordinary. Uh, and it just gives our consumers so much confidence in the product um, that uh, they can come in. They know what it's going to cost them for the next 10 years in respect to servicing because it's capped. 
and you've got that warranty to fall back on if you do have an issue. So it's a it's a it's a great thing by Mitsubishi, and uh, and as I said, it certainly fills our, our customers with confidence that we. Uh, they're buying a good product. Uh, Chris, you're doing a great job down there with Southern Mitsubishi. We really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for joining us. We're hard up against the news. We'll leave it there, but uh, get down to Southern Mitsubishi and enjoy the great service and the great people down there. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, John. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Chris. Chris Matten there, the GM at Southern Mitsubishi. They do a great job. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. They are fantastic cars. And as he said, they can also service all makes and models of cars as well. And uh, you get down to the new facilities down there and, and you'll uh, you'll get the job done. I have to get down to both now. I, I still haven't uh, managed to get through to the the uh, Goody Road site as well as the one at Morford Vale. So I have to get down and have a look at both and see the state-of-the-art services. We are the Bungie and Brett's the show. Trust you're enjoying your Sunday morning with us. We'll break here for the 10 o'clock news and be back with more right after this. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show. We appreciate your time with us here on the Bungie and Brettster Show as well. If you'd like to give us a call, you can do that. We have an open line number, one 736 736 or shoot us a text. You can do that as well on 0427-154-166. We'd love to hear your opinion, whether it be on any of the sports we're covering this morning, including cricket, basketball, volleyball, baseball. We're going to do the whole lot here. EPL, we might get to that a little bit later with some scores. Adelaide United were great. I was there on Friday night. That's not too far away. But right now, Brett Maher, we're going to talk about some tennis because the Australian women's tennis team are doing some fantastic things in the Billie Jean King Cup at the moment. They have. I was watching <coughs> I was watching uh, some of their games. I watched them play against uh, B- 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 Belgium. And, uh, yeah, I saw Storm... Is that a new country in the world, <laughs> B- 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 Belgium? Are they related to Belgium? I knew it started with a B and just had the, the, the penny had to drop. Uh, and I saw Stormy Sanders uh, playing there against one of the red-headed Belgium players. I can't remember her name, but really good game. They're playing some excellent tennis. They've got a good team uh, with Timjanovic, Hon, Sanders, Perez, Stoza, and Alicia Mollick as the captain. Uh, and they've just just come through uh, that they've just beaten Great Britain, which is a huge win. Um, So they'll be facing uh, Switzerland, who got over the top of Czech Republic, which is uh, pretty good as well. And Switzerland have got uh, Bencic, Tiekman, Golubic, Waltert, and, uh, of course, uh, their captain is uh, Heinz Gundhardt. I don't know why I started pronouncing those names. I knew I got myself in a bit of trouble. <laughs> Keep digging over there, Freddy boy. Keep digging. Uh, Bungie will be loving this up in Darwin. He's going to join us a little later, ladies and gentlemen. We'll have him on the program. But you're right, that's a fantastic effort. And for those people who are going Billie Jean King Cup and just raising their eyebrows, well, yeah, look, it's the old Fed Cup, which is mm. the biggest event in women's tennis. In fact, you could go as far to say it is like the World Cup of women's tennis. Now, Australia haven't won it since 1974. Wow. So almost 50 years, and we did well last year, got through to the semifinals, but you're right, to beat uh, GB in Glasgow is a fantastic effort by our team, and I think they probably aren't getting the credit they deserve for this either. You know, Daria Saville is not playing. She's our second-ranked highest player, but uh, Isla Tomlanovic has been outstanding this year and gone under the radar. She's ranked number 33 in the world, reached the quarterfinals at Wimbledon and the US Open, and really has been robbed. She should be higher than 33 because at Wimbledon this year, 
as I mentioned, the quarterfinals, but they didn't get rankings points there because there were no Russian players there. So the ATP and WTA decided that it would be unfair on those players to give ranking points to the players that are there. And the yada, yada, yada. I don't <laughs> think it was uh, I think it was fair on those that are there because as Isla Tomlanovich pointed out, because she's still ranked number 33 and not inside the top 20 where she should be given her results at Wimbledon, she has to qualify it still at tournaments. Mm, makes and a big difference, doesn't it? It does make a big difference on her schedule, on, on the amount of games that she's playing, her work rate, etc. So she's doing a fantastic job. And as you mentioned, Sam Stoza still playing well in the doubles. This would be a nice sort of... Nice cherry on top of what has been a fantastic career for her. And I think these players, uh, apart from the majors, I think they would look forward to this the most because it's a good team event in what is very much an individual sport. But um, with this and the other uh, tennis events where they get to compete as a team, I can guarantee you that these uh, girls would be loving it and loving not only their interaction within their team, but also against the other teams as well. Um, I think uh, we're doing exceptionally well and uh, the players will be over the moon with this. Let me ask you a question about uh, men's tennis. Now, this is a question without notice because... I wanted to ask, I think men's tennis is losing its way just a little bit. Here in Australia, Nick Kyrgios is the top-ranked Australian, number 22 in the world, and Alex Dimonor is ranked number 24 in the world. Can you tell me, Brett Maher, who is the number one-ranked men's player in the world as we speak? No. <laughs> I'd, I'd, uh, I would have thought Djokovic. No. No. No, because, you know, he's been out a little bit with injury and missed some tournaments, as we know, due yep. to COVID. And, of course, Roger Federer is out injured at the moment. So, no, I, I reckon you probably couldn't name five or six of the top ten players. Rafa? Rafa's not? Rafa's in the top ten, but yeah. not number one. Number one at the moment. No, and... I'll and those three are slow. They're very much on the decline of their career as well. Yeah. And they're the, the three big ones. Uh, and probably um, Andy Murray as well has been good over the last decade. But they're all on the very much the downhill slide. We've got this new breed coming through that we don't really know yet that are winning games. Um, I think, is it the young Russian uh, good-looking rooster? Is he number one at the moment? You'll have to give me more information than that. But no, he isn't Russian. Let me tell you, the num and this really surprised me as well, I have to say. The number one men's ranked tennis player. Medvedev. No, not the uh. Neil Medvedev. You're getting closer. You're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. Oh, I'll awesome. give you a hint. He won the US Open. Uh, no. No. So, this is what I mean. We've lost our way, the men's tennis, yeah. in terms of these, you know, it's a changing of the guard with Federer and Nadal and Djokovic sort of sliding out and new players coming in. We haven't warmed to them yet, or they haven't really been able to stamp their authority on the sport. The world number one men's tennis player at the moment is Carlos Alcaraz, mm. who's an up-and-coming prospect. What about women? Could you name the number one women's tennis player for me? Uh, Serena Williams. <laughs> that was that five was a, years ago. That was a little uh, bit unfair on my part yeah, because no, um, Iga Swiatek, mm. the Polish uh, player, is oh, number right. one, and of she course. is the uh, French and US Open champion. But she certainly is a little more well known than Carlos Alcaraz at the moment. Pliskova uh, would have to be up there as well. She's she? up there as well. Now you got me on the hop, oh. so I'm going to have to bail out of <laughs> here really quickly. <laughs> Get off Google and we'll take a short break and we'll be back with more here on the Bungie and Breadster Show this Sunday morning. Thanks for your company here on 1629 SENSA. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. 
This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Thanks for sharing your Sunday morning with us here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. Lots happening. Great news for Australia in the women's tennis making the final of the Billie Jean King Cup as we've just discussed. Let's move our attention now to the round ball code of football or soccer if you prefer because I was lucky enough to be at Adelaide United on Friday night, Brett Maher. And a cracking victory over the victory, our arch rivals. And didn't the fans love it? That new stadium is going off. And if you haven't been to a game yet, get to one as soon as you can because United are getting it done. Yeah, I need to get down there and watch uh, one of those games. But, uh, yeah, from all reports, the noise coming out of that place was uh, off the charts, which we love. And you'd expect that in a game against the victory, one of our – or our nemesis, really, our arch rival. The fans always – get pumped up for that game. And to put uh, three goals on the board, to win that 3-0 is a huge win to put us temporarily in second spot at the moment on the ladder. Um, we oh, we're not staying there temporarily. We're staying at the pointy <laughs> end for the season. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> With uh, Ibasuki getting the first goal, then Goodwin, then Halloran. And a lot of Goodwin's comments uh, were that they wanted to – uh, cut down the space and limit the opportunities for the victory, which they were able to do for pretty much the whole game. And, uh, yeah, the uh, the team did really well. And for some of them, before they head over to the World Cup, it was uh, really important for them to play well, uh, which Goodwin was very conscious of. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, also a big opportunity for players that were overlooked in that selection to try and prove a point as well. Um, so, yeah, a lot. there was a lot of underlying notes to that game, but a uh, really good result there. Yeah, our colleague here at the Bungie and Brett's the show, Jason Regan, who does all the hard work out the back there, he was at the game and was really impressed by that new stadium as well. And he was, uh, you know, he was right about the noise. It was outstanding. And, and how I, he snuck that flare in. Um, yeah, I just I, don't know where he stuck it to get it through security, <laughs> but he got it in there. very... <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said we can't uh, we can't release that type of information. No, it was very interesting indeed. And, and full credit to Craig Goodwin because there was a, there was and I read this in a reputable newspaper. Uh, there was some suggestion that Craig Goodwin may not want to be playing in this game, and you could understand why in the sense that if he gets injured and can't go to the World Cup, what a uh, terrible situation that would be. But he did not hold back, and he was going a hundred miles an hour, and was most impressive. As was the entire team. But that's a, it's a great win for them over victory. They were dominant, and Ibasuki's header was world class. I really thought the cross coming in was way too hard and too difficult for him to handle. Uh, but he hit the target. Craig Goodwin then got the penalty, and uh, the last goal, Wallen's first for Adelaide United, was outstanding as well. But um, and Riley McGree has just scored. Another former Adelaide player has just scored for Middlesbrough uh, en route to the World Cup. I know um, leaving today, Craig, we wouldn't getting on the plane to get over there because the World Cup, it's not far away. You're going to hear it all here on SEN. Starts November 21 with the FIFA Men's World Cup gets underway. Australia in Group D. Our first game is Wednesday, the 23rd of November at 5.30 a.m., and we're going to be up against world number four, France. We're not easing into the competition here, Bretster. Uh, that's a big, tough assignment first up. Uh, it is. We've got Denmark as well, who are no slouches. They're, um, they're looking pretty good. Tunisia are probably our only game where you would say, yeah, we, we should win that one. But uh, it's no late hours there in any World Cup. And uh, just going through the odds, uh, there's some... Interesting odds. Uh, I know you picked in your uh, one of your pools that you're in. You got Poland, so that's uh, that's interesting. I 
I would probably my my tip's going to be Spain to win this one. I think uh, on my limited knowledge of soccer, uh, I've just plucked them out really. But uh, arriba, I, arriba, ande, I, ande. I I think they always perform well. It's their national sport. They're very very good, and uh, I'm going to pluck them out for some unknown reason. Going for Spain. Well, as, as I say, look, our, our first game is against France. Then we face, as you say, Tunisia. They're ranked number thirty in the world. We're ranked thirty eight. So they're ahead of us. But that is the game that the Australians will be targeting and it is the game that we're all going to be able to watch because it's prime time Saturday November 26th at 8.30 Adelaide time is when we're going to be able to watch that game against Tunisia and then we finish with the game against world number 10 Denmark and that's going to be on Thursday the 1st of December well they're all tough aren't they really when you consider it but What they'll do, they'll only have to win one of these games. So if they can beat Tunisia and grab a draw against France or Denmark, then there's a very good chance that they will move through to the next round. So that's what we have to hope has happens, or even better than that. But, uh, gee, it's going to be a, a, a very long tournament because the final isn't going to be played until December 19. So it starts Monday week, 21st of November. Month. Goes for the entire month. And the final on Monday, the 19th of December. So uh, that would be some sort of story if Australia is still going around there. But from an Adelaide United point of view, uh, we hope that uh, Craig Goodwin's back in the lineup well before then. But uh, I guess that he'd be hoping that they're there as well. But we have to, if we hark back to when and the decision to send this to Qatar, as mm. they pronounce it, or Qatar as we pronounce it here in Australia, it was being very controversial. Uh, and for obvious reasons, two FIFA executives were suspended after the voting was done on it. After um, they bought themselves a new Bugatti. Uh, yeah, they might have done <laughs> a little bit more than that, in fact, I think. Uh, but it was way back in 2010 when it was decided that this is where the World Cup would be, and Australia did bid. We were bidding for to bring it here to Australia. We had the one vote. And uh, eventually, How good would that be to get a, a World Cup? Well, we've got the Women's World Cup coming next year, mm. and while we're talking about that, we should talk about the Matildas yesterday because... He's copped a lot of heat to coach Tony Gustafson, and I think rightly so because we appeared to have lost our way there. But yesterday was the best performance by the Matildas. They've beaten Sweden, world number four, and done it impressively. Four zip, that was the best that they have played, you would say, historically, statistically, at least in five years. And the... I think the creativity and the, the free-flowing brand that they play was outstanding. They're on the attack, and they were really impressive. And good to see Sam Kerr get her uh, goal-kicking boots back on as well in the international game. We know she's been doing it over there uh, in England, but, uh, yeah, really good to see her get on the scoreboard as well and, uh, yeah, for the team to get a, a good win because um, they haven't got that many games as a team leading into the World Cup. So, um, yeah, really good to see some good form. Yeah, they, they were outstanding. A good crowd supporting them as one. They're going to be playing a game this week as well. So, uh, but talking about the Men's World Cup, Awer Mobile, Craig Goodwin, Riley McGree, all Adelaide United former players. So there's going to be a lot of interest in that. Are you the type of person that's going to get up in the middle of the night? Will you be up there at 1.30am on the 1st of December watching Australia v Denmark? No. No, I won't. Um, I don't follow <laughs> I don't follow it that much. I'll be very interested in our results. I'll definitely check results. I'll check scores. And that's why we have the beauty of the modern electrical devices, that we can tape, record, play back at any time we like. I can watch it at a normal time of day, Case. I can get up at 10 a.m., 11 a.m., and uh, you do. away you go. But the modern devices, tape, 
recordings? Is that what 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 world are you living? Have you still got the Walkman going out there? I mean, what's going on with Rebar? We'll have to get to the bottom of this, but right what, now VHS is still working. Yeah, well, lucky I've got a beta mate, but uh, we'll get back to that shortly. But right now, we need to take a break here on the Bungie and Brett's the show, which we do all thanks to Lauren X Cleaning, securing workplace safety. Google them today. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Brett Show. Bittersweet, you know, I hate it. You never want to see anyone, like, lose their job. But um, this, to help us move forward and help the team, then, um, you know, I'm all for it. He's a good player. Uh, so maybe some people can think that they could work through it, I guess. It's, it's a high-risk, high-reward, you know, with, with a talent like that. Adelaide 36er Antonius Cleveland speaking about the release of star player Craig Randall. You're with the Bungie and Brett's to show here on a Sunday morning. Brett Maher, what did you make of all of that? Well, he was just being honest, shooting from the hip. He's a class bloke, uh, Antonius Cleveland. Um, and, yeah, it was interesting to hear. He wasn't just towing the line. He was speaking his mind, and, and that's fair enough. I think if they are going to get rid of someone, uh, if any team was going to get rid of someone, I think now is a really good time to do it, with, given the FIBA window. I thought one or two other teams may have uh, dropped players as well, but they've decided uh, to stick with them and, and see how it goes. But I think for us, it may have been the right decision. I think it was getting quite unsettling uh, what was going on from all reports at trainings and during games. And I think this will give them a much better chance to consolidate what they've got. Uh, and I've said through the week, it, it gives them a chance to get uh, Kai Soto, um, Sunday Detch, Drimmick, these sort of guys into the rotation more, um, which I think they've been kind of missing out a little bit so far. And they played really well with that lineup against uh, two games ago against Illawarra. So I think they'll still be looking good just with that lineup. And then I would say they've got a fair bit of time to uh, gather themselves and find out exactly what they need in that third import and hopefully be able to bring them in for the final onslaught and, uh, and get them over the line. With this break, as you say, allows them some time just to get the team that they've got together because they've got a lot of talent without Craig Randall. Mm. Um, and the next game against Melbourne on Thursday, the 17th of November, then they go to New Zealand on Sunday the 20th. So it's a tough schedule. And then their next game on the road is going to be in Perth. So three games in the road, Melbourne, New Zealand, Perth, their next home game isn't until the 2nd of December here against Cairns. So a lot... They've played a quarter of their games now. What happens in those three games is going to be very pivotal on the season. It'll be decisive. And luckily uh, for us, most teams are playing much better on the road this season. So <laughs> they get to go on the road, galvanise on the road. They're not easy teams. Melbourne are just starting to play a little bit better, although they have got a very ageing team uh, this year that I, I don't really like as opposed to some of their teams in recent years. New Zealand is the one for me. They're playing exceptional. Um, and being back home, I think uh, they're, they're the team to beat this year, I think. They're playing some great basketball. And then going over to Perth, who are our arch rival, really, never uh, an easy game. They beat us here uh, in the last game. And uh, Bryce Cotton got going. Manek got going. So I, I don't like their roster, though. I don't like Perth's roster. And I think that's very winnable as well. So I think if we can get um, two out of three of those on the road, that would be 
exceptional. That would be outstanding. Don't lose faith. Adelaide are coming this year, make no doubt about it. And I wanted to mention the Boomers as well. Big winners over uh, Kazakhstan, 97-50 to 50 in the last 48 hours. They go 9-0 and zero on the World Cup. They booked their ticket now for the World Cup next year, Japan, Indonesia and the Philippines. But they are going to forfeit the game against Iran that they were to play on Tuesday due to security concerns. They'd want the team going into Iran, which I think is fair enough. What, how did you see it? Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Uh, we've done enough to qualify anyway now, so the result of that game doesn't really matter. Safety's your main concern, and if there's any chance of something going wrong, then I think that's the wise decision by uh, BA, and then to go and play Japan, which uh, we, we should win that one fairly easily as well. Um, some guys that have impressed me, uh, Sam Froling's been playing some great basketball Excellent. for Australia. He's been very good. And the other one, Vasilovic, um, Dijan Vasilovic from the Sydney Kings. Both of those two have been standouts for me. Each time this Australian team is getting together. And although we're going to, for the major events, we're going to bring all our NBA guys back and European guys back, etc. I would like to see some of these guys, at least one or two of them, get rewarded for these big efforts that they're giving because there's a good chance that none of these guys will get picked in the World Cup team or Olympics team, but they're putting in all the hard yards. I'd love to see at least one or two of them get rewarded in the long run. And, and those two, for my mind, uh, are standouts at the moment. They've been playing some really good basketball. And we'll touch on the Australians in the NBA next week on the Bungie and Bretster Show. But right now, we need to take a break. The 10.30 news headlines coming your way. There are more, including the great man, Andrew McLeod from Darwin, after that. Off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. Oh, it's trying to break through the sun out there. A Sunday morning here in Adelaide with Brett Meyer in the studio. Andrew McLeod not far away either. And we are talking all things sport. And a chance for us now to turn our attention to the AFL and the AFLW as well. Hats off to the Adelaide Crows women's team. Through to another preliminary final, Bretster. And they were outstanding in what they did. In those conditions, that was extraordinary stuff. I tell you what, I watched some of it on telly and uh, that muck that they were slipping and sliding around in would have been so difficult, not only running and bounce, trying to bounce the ball, but just, um, yeah, the, the slipping and sliding, trying to control the ball in that wet would have been so, so difficult. And the girls did a great job um, coming out winners 23-11. You know who really thrived in those conditions? I'll give you a, I'll give you a hint. What about Andrew McLeod? Guess who's going to swoop? Andrew McLeod! Oh, bravo! Oh, he was swooping and sliding and powering his way all the way across any wet ground. And I think he's now swooped into the studio via the wonders of technology. Are you there, Bungie? He's there somewhere. We know he's there. <laughs> we'll get him up in a moment after the big uh, after the big intro. We'll try and get the bunch start happening in just a moment. But as you say, uh, the Crows women's team that was unbelievable conditions, and they stuck to the task. They went in as favourites, and they were challenged, but uh, they were able to get it done. Yeah, I think. Um... Having a couple of key players out as well, um, Randall, uh, we thought, was going to play after we spoke to her uh, yeah. a week or so ago. She said that it wasn't concussion, that she just 
tripped over her shoelaces, but I might have been telling a bit of a furphy <laughs> to us. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately, she got ruled out. And when that happened, I thought they might be in trouble against this Collingwood team. But, no, they stuck to their guns. They played well. Uh, Hatchard, Gould, Newman, Charlton, Bedell, Allen were uh, named in Adelaide's best. And, of course... Uh, yeah, they were very good under those conditions. But now next week it is going to be a very uh, difficult assignment coming up wow. against the Brisbane team that has been dominant all year. You know, they'll need to be and will need to be an upset. Brisbane have been outstanding, but well, presumably Chelsea Randall will come back into the team. And I think because the Adelaide Crows women's team are able to kick goals, they're able to put score on the board. Ash Woodland's been outstanding. Daniel Ponta's always dangerous. How about the goal yesterday that we saw from Anne Hatchard? Mm. It was like a dry day for her. She doesn't kick a lot of goals, but they're the type of players that stand up in a crisis or when it's needed. They've been so impressed. Yeah, and under those conditions was very good. It was a little bit drier uh, over in Melbourne where North Melbourne played Richmond. And it was. I tell you what, kicking goals, North Melbourne were on fire. Uh, they were 11 goals, 8 to Richmond, 6 goals, 2. Dominated that game and uh, they're looking very good as well, North Melbourne. So uh, they're going to be coming up against Melbourne, That's right, uh, yeah. I believe. So that'll be a pretty uh, hard-fought clash as well. So, But the Adelaide Crows, they're looking great and uh, I think cannot rule them out as far as winning another another flag. By Martin, handball forward, early opportunity, Woodland, little tap, Jones, goes goal and what a start for the Crows. Danielle Ponta from 70 out, pops inside 50, Brazali gets back for support, here's the brilliant Jones, bends it goalwards, it might work for Whiteley. Lisa Whiteley for a second goal of the season and Adelaide second of the afternoon as she slotted through, she has... Crows have got the first two. It's got such a powerful left boot in these conditions. Can just get that extra five or ten metres that can make a difference. Hatchard read it beautifully. Dribbles at goalwards. Will it have enough to get there? It will. The 24th kick, not her best. It won't matter. Tonin inside 50. And Adelaide are through to another preliminary final. The Crows will play off for a grand final spot for a fourth straight season. Uh, that was Jason Bennett there, the Channel 7 team, covering the game yesterday. And a shout-out to Brett Mars, good buddy Mark Soderstrom, who went above and beyond for Channel 7 yesterday. And he was outstanding, getting right involved in the puddles and all the hard work. <laughs> Interesting, congratulations to Soder as well, because he's going to be starting his new radio show on a rival station. And I think he did the smart thing. He's going Monday to Friday. He knew he couldn't compete with Bungie, Bretster and everyone else here. And I think we might have even reeled in. Bungie all the way from Darwin. We got him off the boat. He's holding up the massive, that looks like a King Gar to me. Was it Barramundi? I don't know. Hey, yeah, are you there, Bungie? Uh, no, he can't hear us there. Uh, <laughs> speaking of sodas, he does do his, uh, his best work in interesting conditions, the wet conditions. So, yeah, he, he, he did a good job under those torrential downpours. Um, but, yeah, this uh, this game, Adelaide are playing Brisbane. That'll be at Metricon Stadium Friday at 7.10 p.m. Melbourne are playing North Melbourne at Icon Park on Saturday at 2.40 p.m. So that's what we've got to look forward to. It's going to be a very, very exciting finish to the AFLW season. It goes so quickly, and we know that Port Adelaide are going to be even better next season as well. While we try and round up Bungie there, let's talk about this magic round in Adelaide. Thursday, April 13th to Sunday the 16th. It's the week after Easter. 
and probably the week before Live Golf comes to the Grange Golf Club, as we mentioned here on the show last week. But uh, I'm all for it. Get the Magic Round here. And we've got to come up with a name, apparently, as well. They don't want Magic Round because that's what the NRL call the Rugby League equivalent that we've borrowed the idea from. <laughs> but um, I'm all for it. It should be outstanding. Yeah, I think um, it is going to be awesome to get all of those teams in. Follow some teams that you don't normally uh, look at or watch. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be great to be able to watch the Crows play Port Adelaide. But every team, we've got so many people here that support interstate teams. For them to get uh, what for them uh, is a home game, really, to go and watch their team here at home uh, will be fantastic. And as I said uh, at the start of the show, to be able to bring a lot of interstate people into South Australia, promote our great state, really get an influx to our restaurants, etc., um, our regions, hey, then uh, then that's going to be good. Right. Oh, so now we're almost, sounds like we're almost getting bungee coming through <laughs> here at the moment. Look, one of the games hopefully going to be played in the Barossa. How good would that be? That's going to be outstanding. And perhaps a game at Unley or South Adelaide or, or Norwood, Norwood, somewhere yeah. along those lines. And isn't it great that the Sample and the South Australian Football League are getting behind this, so they're going to... Uh, the game to program a buy so everyone can get involved and to have the games at Adelaide Oval, I really can't see a downside to it. And I'll be very interested to hear Michelangelo Rucci's thoughts on the Kimbo and Rooch show, uh, which you can listen to here on SEN SA sixteen twenty nine. Uh, during the week to see what he's got to say. And I loved the whinging coming out of Melbourne. Straight away, they were up in arms. Why are we sending all our teams over to Adelaide? Like, they get so many games there. They've got the grand final forever and a day under some sort of deal that not everyone is is happy with. And as soon as something is leaving Melbourne, they're like, the co- the toys are out of the cot. They're down on the ground, thumping the ground with their fists and whinging <laughs> and complaining. And just that we do things well here in South Australia. They pretty much get a magic round every week in Melbourne. They Their Melbourne teams don't travel or very limited travel. So they're getting pretty much what we're getting once in the year. They're getting that every week. So, yeah, I, typical Melbourne, really. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I think it's a great initiative. I think uh, Malinowskis has done a great job in being able to entice them to get here. And we did have a good um, – there was a really good breakfast held by SEN that had uh, Gil McLaughlin and, uh, of course, our illustrious leader here at SEN. So um, to – announce that and get that on the board. So uh, that was really good to see that happen through the week as well. I wonder if Bungie, what what are your thoughts on the uh, Magic Round Bungie? He's almost there. We've almost got it up and running. We're going to to hear his thoughts at some stage. But uh, yes, I think, and you know, the way they're going to program it, so it looks as though it's going to be prime time Friday night for either the Crows or Port. And Saturday will be the other team, which I think is fantastic. And they'll be at the end of double headers on the Saturday and Sunday. So an opportunity for people to go and see a double header at Adelaide Oval, which is something new as well. And if you're a member of a club, then you get free entry as well. So as I say, this deal looks like it's all for the punters in a way of the AFL giving back to the support they've had from the fans who have done it tough through COVID, as we know. Uh, but this is just outstanding. It's going to become an annual event. I was just about to ask, um, can we make that into an annual event? We need to obviously get out and support it because if we don't rock up at these games, they'll take it away, give it to someone else. But, uh, yeah, we need to 
really show up for this, as we do to a lot of the events that happen in Adelaide to make this an annual event and keep it going. And I think the South Australian public will get behind it. And now that we've got the first one here, there is a chance if we do it well that we will demand to have it back. So I think don't give anyone else a chance because I'm sure that WA would love to have this as an AFL state and I'm sure Queensland and Victoria. Well, WA is too far away. Too you can't far away. fly all the teams over there. No. And they had the grand final. They yeah. picked us for that. So, <laughs> And New can't South Wales, well, they're not serious about AFL, are they? No. They're no. more interested Queensland in rugby league. Queensland as well. Queensland, New South Wales, they're rugby league states. Don't give them anything. It's either us or Victoria. It has to be us. It has to be us. And we're going to make <laughs> it here on an annual basis. But I think, you know, a lot's been said about Gil McLaughlin and his the time that he's spent in charge of the AFL and the great things that he's done, I think this is right up there with it. I think, and yes, it's a borrowed idea. I'm not uh, you know, hiding from the fact that the NRL started this, but nothing wrong with picking up a good idea and running with it and making it better. Yeah, I think he has left, uh, when he leaves the his role, he's definitely left it in uh, a better space than when he came in. He's done some really good initiatives uh, with the AFL, and I think, uh, I agree, this is one of them. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I would love to see the, the sports and all sports keep evolving and coming up with these sorts of ideas. I, I, I come back to basketball. I would love to see um, some new things brought into the NBL. I'd love to see the All-Star game brought back, whether it's a oh, North-South yes, or East-West or Americans versus Australians. I, I would love to see some format of that. Um, in basketball, but for football, I think this magic round is great. Just as we leave it, I just one thing. I can I make a suggestion here? We know that he's leaving Gil McLaughlin. The AFL should just go and poach Peter Vlandis from the NRL. Yeah, just go to Peter Vlandis and say, name your price. Mm. Get him across. You weaken your main opposition in the NRL. You take him away from that. You put him in charge. He's come up with great ideas, uh, what he's done for racing as well with the Everest and every other event, the big show that was on recently. He is a man who thinks outside the box. I think he's the most talented sports administrator in Australia at the moment. Why hasn't his name been mentioned? Because I think there's a big win if you could get him across to the AFL. Yeah, definitely. As you said, um, you want to weaken your main opposing market, and that's what they'd be doing. Yeah, he has uh, really driven that sport to another level. He's done a great job of it. Look, we need to take a break here. We'll try and sort out the gremlins in our system and get Andrew McLeod all the way from Darwin. But stay with us here on the Bungie and Bradster Show. It's Sunday morning and we're having some fun. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Thanks for being with us here on a Sunday morning. We do it all thanks to Nippies, farm grown and family made. We've got some great product in the studio with us here this morning. Brett Mars, as usual, have gone uh, straight down the hatch. <laughs> what, what did you have the best of this morning there, Brett? Um, I like the uh, cloudy apple juice, but uh, probably my favourite, uh, just narrowly beating it, was the apple and black currant juice. Uh, which will keep me going for the rest of the day. And overall, of all the Nippies products that we've had in the studio, what's been your creme de la creme? A uh, big favourite for me is the uh, honeycomb milk. I love it. Oh, so is that mm. just to send a signal out there that uh, if there's any of that laying around in the Nippies warehouse, just, so get uh, it down here. Double down on that one. 
the uh, studio Lumo number one King William Street is where we are and Brett uh, would like some more of that. Now they do a great job Nippies, we really appreciate their support as well but time now for us to turn our attention to the Adelaide Lightning. Gee, they've got a hectic schedule haven't they? Started their season with an 8 point loss to the Southside Flyers last Saturday. On Friday night they were in Townsville and put up a really good fight but just fell a little short. Yeah, just fell a little bit short. Still some really good signs. Uh, we're hoping to get Marina uh, Whittle on the line, uh, finding hard to uh, get some outside uh, input into the show today. But that's okay because um, she played reasonably well. She put 10 points up on the board. Not best field goal to a 12, but um, she was okay. Our, our young champion, Izzy Borlaes, was in double figures again uh, with 10 points. And... Uh, yeah, we had Steph uh, and uh, Laura Mansfield uh, with 18 points apiece. So they were both very good, just not quite enough. We we head down to Melbourne for our next game, for our third game on the road, and hopefully can snag one road win there before we come back home and play on the 19th. That's right, yes. Uh, next Saturday it will be the Lightning's first home game of the season against the Sydney Flames. So Shane Hill, good friend of ours, is going to be bringing his team here and well it's going to be tough today against Melbourne they're one and one at the moment although they weren't that impressive in their game against the Flyers when they played on Friday night yeah I think uh, we are a good chance we'll have to play well against them Uh, a promising sign for me is that Steph Talbot looks like she's hitting some really good form she was nine of 12 in that last game and uh, for her 18 points so we need her to be firing. We need um, we need our imports to really be picking up uh, Monroe and Bell. Uh, they had 10 points and 8 points respectively. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we need everyone firing and, uh, yeah, we'll see how we go with that. Got a rookie coach in Nat Hurst who's been on the program here at the Bungie and Bretster show earlier in uh, the year. And she's doing a good job. I think people might look at the, the ladder at the moment and see zero and two and think, gee, they're not playing that well. But I saw some of the game against Townsville and I thought they played quite well. The program and the, the, the plays that they're running, uh, they're exciting to watch. And it's just a matter of this team gelling. I think there are wins just around the corner. Let's hope it starts today against Melbourne. But you mentioned Izzy Borlase. This is, has to be one of the best rookies debuts we've seen for some time in the WNBL. She has burst onto the scene and I like the way she goes about it. She certainly doesn't look out of place. She's strongly built and um, she attacks. I like the way she goes about it. We always wonder how these girls and guys when they're coming through are going to make that leap from the juniors uh, into the seniors um, in the NBL one and and then come into the WNBL or the NBL and uh, she's made that all of those different steps she's been asked to take, she's made it so easily and so well. Uh, she's been a gifted player right the way through her juniors and dominated through there. But uh, she looks like she's taken that form straight through the WNBL. And, um, yeah, this sort of form at her age, you'd have to think a couple of the uh, WNBA teams are, are going to be pretty keen on her. Yeah, it's a deep gene pool, isn't it, running through her family. They, uh, they've got all bases covered, football and netball and so forth. But, uh, you know, she played and made the All-Star 5 team at the World Under-19 Championships as well. And we were talking earlier about the Australian men's team forfeiting their opportunity to play against Iran this week because mm. of security concerns. Well, earlier in the year, the Australian men's under-18 team did not go to World Cup qualifiers in Iran as well. And they have, as a consequence of that, they've been banned 
from playing at next year's Under-19 World Cup, which is a huge loss and for the young youngsters who are coming up through the system to be banned from playing at a World Cup when you know you're one of the favourites. And remembering that Steph Talbot actually also went to the Under-19 World Cup before she went on to win a bronze medal just more recently at the uh, World Cup for women. But that's, uh, that's, a, that's a huge price to pay when you're a young player coming up through the ranks. It's a massive price. And not only uh, do they not get to play, the exposure that you gain at those sorts of events for your future, um, getting into NBA, getting in those NBA drafts, we've got a couple of guys uh, on that list that are going to be right up around that mark of, of making it into the NBA. So for those, it's a big miss, really, and um, a real missed opportunity, for, not by their fault, really. It's just that they didn't go to the earlier games in Iran that they've been banned from going to that now. But, um, yeah, that's a shame for those guys because that could – affect their chances of getting into the NBA or uh, getting some lucrative European or NBL deals. Yeah, so I think it's an area that FIBA really need to work on because they're putting the Australian, really putting the anus on Australia. We'll go and play there. Well, well our government says it's not safe mm. to go and play there. So you're putting the, the Basketball Australia authorities in a difficult situation as well. And I think the government and FIBA really need to come together on this because FIBA are really, they're the ones who are making it tough for the young players of the future playing basketball. And that's not the right scenario that we want. You'd think they'd be able to come up with something that works for everyone. FIBA, they have their difficulties, uh, let's let's put it lightly, do, yeah. um, with big decisions like this. I think that's a huge decision to, to cut Australia out, who have been one of the countries that have supported them at multiple, at all levels, very, very well. Um, and if you get a directive from your country to not go there for safety, um, I find it hard that they can choose... Shouldn't be penalised. I, I find it hard that they can choose a country like Iran at the moment where they sit to run a World Cup or a major event there at the moment. Sure, let the country settle down, show that they are safe, and then, then choose them for an event, but not when they're undergoing a lot of... Uh, Internal <laughs> turmoil precarious situations yeah and then and then to penalize other countries for not going there that's almost them saying well it's not our problem we'll just program the games and now you go and make it work and yeah. you do whatever you want and then we'll sort it out from there they really need to take some leadership on it couldn't agree more brett maher the voice of reason you got a maybe future <laughs> in politics there redster look uh, we need to take a break hard up against the 11 o'clock news here we've got more from the studio lumo here number one king william street in adelaide on the bungee and Bretster show right after this we do it thanks to nip Quench your thirst this summer with a Nippy's ice-flavoured milk or fresh juice. Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Two minutes past 11 on your Sunday morning. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show with thanks to Lauren X Cleaning, supporting sample and community football in 2022. Google Lauren X today. Now... We've got Brett Maher in the studio, and we have got this topic. Has got uh, where do we go with this? I mean, during the week, Jeff Fennick was awarded a world title retrospectively. Wow, that's uh, something. In fact, it's so big. Let's come back to that because I want you to have a good think about that because. I'm sure there's something in your career that you'd like to get back at as well. But before we get into Jeff Fennick, because, uh, and we'd appreciate your feedback at home as well. Our open line, one 736 736 if you want to get involved. Or shoot us a text, 0427 154 166. 
retrospectively changing the course of sporting history. There's a lot to uh, it to opens unpack. a big can of worms. It's you a go massive through every sport. And it's huge. It is. But before we get there, let's talk about some baseball because I wanted to mention the Adelaide Giants, who, of course, kicked off the new ABL season in Perth starting on Friday night. Perth, we know, are always hard to beat at home, and we beat them on Friday night 5-4. A good result for us. Subsequently, yesterday, we lost the doubleheader to Perth yesterday, going down 5-zip and 13-zip. But we were under man, and today, from 6.30pm, the Giants go against Perth. And if they can get a win in this final game without players who have come back from the games against Japan for Australia, and our pitching staff were the ones who uh, were held out but are now going to be available, let's hope that they can come away with this, square the series 2-2. That would be an awesome way to start the season. I think that's a, a great effort. Uh, that Perth team has been... Very good for a long time. They've got three uh, ex-Major League Baseballers in their team. Um, And, yeah, as I said, they've been very, very good for a long time, the Perth team. We've got Rickson Wingrove, Todd Van Steensel, Josh Tolls, Mitch Newborn, and Luke Wilkins uh, coming back uh, from that uh, Australian team that played Tokyo and uh, uh, played in Tokyo against Japan and uh, that was a good series as well, Case. Uh, to be able to play against the number one team in the world, you don't get that opportunity. Um, that exposure as well for some of those players is great. We did get thumped. Uh, we lost uh, one to eight and uh, zero nine uh, to Japan, but still, what an experience to get to go over there and play against those guys. Yeah, and as you say, number one team in the world, it's a great opportunity. And I'll get to do it again next year at the World Baseball Classic, which is being held in Japan, and Australia are going to play a game against Japan there. But I thought the lopsided score lines, as you say, 8-1-9-0, but it was a little closer than that. And you can have that in baseball where you can get a lopsided score line and it doesn't really reflect. But Australia ranked number 10 in the world at the moment. We'll build from that experience and uh, what they've done there, obviously, is going to stand those guys in good stead coming back to the ABL. And those guys you mentioned, like Todd Van Steensel and Josh Tolles, hopefully will get the pitch today for the Adelaide Giants. And as we've seen, as opposed to Big Bash, where it's so heavily weighted in the batsman's favour and the ball's going over the fence all the time, in Major League Baseball, at the elite level in baseball, it's so heavily weighted in favour of the pitchers. So if your pitchers are, are performing and you've got your best crew there, you're hard to beat. And the Giants just didn't have that there on yesterday or on Friday. So uh, they get them back, their pitches back today, and that's a good sign. And luckily for us, um, that's the case because our strength is in our pitches uh, with our team, which is fantastic. And we did see that um, when the Phillies played against the Astros as well, dominated by the pitchers. Um, one of the Astros pitchers, I can't remember his name, but he had a sinker that no one could hit. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a great game to watch. And uh, if we can come away with uh, a good result from Perth, I think that's a great way to start the season. And we should uh, give a shout-out to Nathan Davison, who we profiled on Channel 7 News during the week. Today is his 900th game wow. in the ABL. He was a great player, played third base for Adelaide and then has moved into off-field roles. He's now the general manager of the that's Adelaide Giants. Game. 900, and, and I think we made the point at Channel 7 during the week on the news that 900 games in any language, in mm. any sport, is a massive achievement to be involved. They believe he's the only man 
who's been involved in every ABL season since it was started. Wow. So uh, oh, he's got some huge. great history and uh, he's still working as hard as ever and he's put this team together and he did say to me on Wednesday at training, he thinks that the Giants have put together the best Australian content in terms of pitches that, of any team in the competition. That's what they're starting with and uh, you know it's been a drought here in terms of success for our baseball team but this year could be the year. I hope so, and uh, that's great behind the scenes that they're putting together those sorts of rosters, as we talked about earlier in the show, to go with some of our other teams that are performing well. We're expecting good things out of this Giants team, and uh, we want to give them some really good support this year as well and get down and and watch the team play because uh, I think uh, it's a good, fun environment that they set up there at the Giants games. You can have a a ball, you can have a beer, Watch You'll the have game. Fun. You'll have fun, and it's definitely worth going down to see. And really family orientated. Uh, I mean, we've got uh, my son Raf's in the studio here this morning, just watching how we go about it. But we've been to games together. They have kids running across the oval uh, during innings breaks, and uh, there's always something going on. And uh, you've enjoyed it, haven't you, Raf? Yeah, it's been good. Been good. Yeah. How are the Giants <laughs> going to go this year? Oh, hopefully well. Hopefully well. Yeah. And how are the West looking strong? Oh, he likes the team looking strong. How are the West Torrens Eagles? Who's your, who's uh, your favourite player down at the West Torrens Eagles? Harry Tainty or Jack Rowe. I think they're in your under-15 team, aren't they? Yeah. I was talking more like the A-grade, like Max Stagg <laughs> or somebody. He's picking his own under-15 guy. <laughs> He's picking his mates. Are you going to win today? Hopefully. Hopefully. Oh, well, 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 hopefully the weather holds out for you, Raf. And I'll tell you what, you've already, in just that little minute or two, you've already given us more than Bungie has all year. So ah, we'll give it up on him. Um, well done. <laughs> We've sacked him and we're going to dock his pay. You stay there, Raf. We'll get more from you in just a moment. But we need to take a break here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. We do it thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. Women's sporting team, legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi... You have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Ah, great to have you on board here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. We do it every Sunday from 9.30am. If you're just joining us, well, you've missed a lot. We've been talking about the T20 World Cup, the Strikers WBBL, men and women, Billie Jean King Cup, Australia into the final, Adelaide United, big winners over Melbourne victory. The World Cup soccer squad got to mention, the Matildas win, the AFLW Crows through to the preliminary final, AFL Magic Round, the Adelaide Giants, and now we've got still plenty more to come, and we do it all thanks to Mayhem Collectibles, one of Australia's fastest growing trading cards and collectibles specialist mayhemcollectibles.com.au who out there remembers this absolutely the crows were robbed right in front of me right in front of me (laughs) how about that 2009 semi-final and Brett Maher we watched the replay (laughs) of the free kick that the crows Cost them the game in a spot in the prelim final. That wasn't a free kick, but that guy's reaction. Can we hear it again? It was just outstanding. Absolutely, the crows were robbed. Right in front of me. Right in front of me. Right in front of me, Brett Maher. <laughs> Should we go back in time and change that like we had with Jeff Fennick being awarded a fourth world title after they rejudged a fight from 30 years ago? Wow. Uh, I don't I don't like it. Um, that Ben Rutten free was not a free. Um, should have been play on, robbed us. But, uh, yeah, I don't think you can go back, especially in boxing. We know how shading boxing has been over the years. Uh, that just opens a can of worms. Like they could have to review 
thousands of fights um, based on that one. And he was robbed in that fight. If you go back and they've asked every major person to judge it and they've all picked Jeff Fennick won it. So clearly it was wrong, but let's see how it unfolded. This is how it was. Fennick all over Nelson. Azuma fighting from memory, but it's now history. What a fight. And judge at ringside, Dave Moretti scores the bout. 114 to 114, a draw. The decision is even a draw. Oh, goodness. That is mind-boggling. And look at the reaction by Jeff Fennick. Unbelievable result there, Azuma Nelson and Jeff Fennick. But, uh, well, he really did win the fight. And they've scored back, scored the fight. Now they've given him the belt. And I thought uh, the great result for him to get the belt, but what it took away from his career at the time. I mean, he's been robbed of quite a lot. Well, he said how much that law or that draw affected him um, throughout the rest of his career. And it made... Um, a really big change mentally to him. And, uh, yeah, it would have been interesting if they'd given it to him, what else he would have gone on and achieved. But uh, Is there something in your career you'd like to go back and revisit? There's quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One I talked about with Sports uh, Day SA with Bonds through the week was, uh, or one other story not related to me, was the Shane Warne um, getting his 100 like going back, reviewing that ball, seeing that it was a no ball. Yep. And uh, he would have got his 100. Uh, what a nice story that would have been to have Warney get his 100. But for me, it was that Illawarra um, game to get us through the grand final back in, I think it was 2001. 2001. Um, and, yeah, we got robbed there. They called uh, Darnell Me for a foul on the buzzer. Uh, we're up by two points. There was apparently 0.00 seconds on the clock and uh, Damon Lowry went to the line and bobbled all three free throws in, which got them through to the grand final, which they won. Um, so that was that still haunts me to this day, that uh, that call. Because and if you had won that game, you go to Townsville to play a best of three grand final. You had Townsville's number that We definitely had Townsville's year. number. We would have... We, Easily beat them every game uh, that year. And, and uh, Illawarra went up and won in two. So, yeah, we would have had an extra championship uh, to our belt, which would have been nice. But uh, you can't go back and rejudge that. There's so many different Like you say, a big can events. of worms. I mean, I think of Raylene Boyle, who ran second at the Olympics to a runner who was subsequently found to be uh, taking drugs. They should give her a gold medal. That's one thing I should they should be doing. And they do it nowadays where if they, they test post the event and if the winner is found to be positive, then they take the medal from them and they give it to the second and third places all move up one, which I think I think in that instance, um, that works for me. But Well, we were joking about it uh, through the week with uh, Bungie and uh, he didn't want to mention this story, so I will. He was saying <laughs> he would say he would like he would have liked um then to have drug tested the uh, West Coast Eagles teams of around 2005 that knocked them out of the prelims um, <laughs> because uh, that would have got them through past the prelims and they may have won a couple extra flags as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, depending on what you can go back and rejudge, uh, it does. It opens up so much. But um, I think we leave it as it is. Yeah. Um, although some of those results in Olympics where yeah. you know people are drug cheats that, 
weren't caught at the time, I think those should get uh, re-handed out. Yes, and certainly, obviously, stripped of theirs, mm. but they, then they should... Uh, people like Raylene Boyle deserve a gold medal because she was the fastest runner there legitimately on that day. Uh, but, of course, uh, it's been a very hot topic this week, and we've covered it here on the Bungie and Bredster Show, which we like to do thanks to Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes. We're into the final furlong here, and we should mention a couple of things we've been following closely. The Rugby League World Cup. The Australians are through to the final. They were down by four at half time against New Zealand in front of 28,000 fans and got home 16-14 in a tight finish. But the big news is the other semi-final played today Day, Samoa have beaten England 27-26 golden points. So Australia, wow. Samoa in the final next week. And if you've seen the Samoan teams, their pregame ritual, their version of the Haka, it's worth watching just for that. But full credit to them. It's a Cinderella story here. And they're going to have massive support. Everyone will be barracking for Samoa apart from us Australians. How good is it watching those pregames when you've got Samoa, versus New Zealand and they're both doing their version of their their haka or or their traditional war dances. I think it's amazing to watch and I remember playing against New Zealand teams and how fired up it got us watching them do yeah. their uh do their dances and I know how much it affected their teams and getting them ready to go. Um I think it's a great tradition and that our girls played exceptionally well. I watched most of that game against New Zealand and they were fantastic the way they came home in that second half and uh I think we're a really good chance against Samoa. Yep, so that's uh, it's going to be a lot to look forward to, the Rugby League World Cup men's and women's at the moment. So uh, that's all going to be finalised very shortly. In the Rugby Union, which we've been following closely as well, remembering the Wallabies, well, they defeated Scotland 16-15, then last week lost to France 30-29. to Well, today in Italy, the Italians have had their first ever win over the Wallabies and they won at 28-27. Jeepers. Oh no. no! It's not good, is it? We need a we need to change a few things there. I think in the rugby union, we're on a bit of a slide. We've got a bit of work to do there. Good news is the Australian women have won the Fast Five Netball World Series, defeating South Africa thirty-four to twenty in the final. And Lucy Austin, who we spoke to on the Bungie and Bretster show a little earlier this year, and Georgie Horges, two of the Adelaide players involved with that. It's a great result. Fast Five Netball, if you haven't seen it, obviously it's the abbreviated version of netball, but it's exciting to watch. And that will do Lucy Austin and Georgie Horges their confidence a world of good. Congrats to them. It's like a T20 version, isn't it, of netball. It's very quick, very fast, and that's a big win as well. That's a really good win against a pretty good quality team, but... Yeah, really good win for the Australians. And we should close with some news on the Formula One Grand Prix. And we've got our expert in the studio with us here, Raf Casey. Now, how about that, Raf? The uh, GP in Brazil going to be... The race is on 4.30 tomorrow morning. But they had a a quick race here uh, earlier on. And Kevin Magnussen from Haas was on pole. First time in eight years and 142 races. He was ecstatic with that. What a great result for them. Yeah, Kevin Magnussen um, on pole for, what, the first time in his career. Um, he was driving for Haas for about five years before they let him go, and he's come back, and he's finally showing up um, the rest of the grid. Um, unfortunately, he didn't have the best result in the sprint race. So they had a sprint race, and, and they went from that that is the grid positions for the main race, isn't it? And who won the sprint race? Yep. So the winner of the sprint race, I believe, was George Russell. 
Um, and then Lewis Hamilton just behind him. So it's a Mercedes lockout in the front row. And Daniel Ricciardo, where did he finish? Daniel Ricciardo in 11th, which is about where he should be. About 11th. And where's he going to be next year? He didn't want to go to Haas. Why doesn't he want to go to Haas? They've got a good car, haven't they? Well, I think he had better options. And I think he was waiting for the for even more options to come through. Um, I think it's almost confirmed that he's gone back to Red Bull as a reserve driver. And he might get a drive in 2024. And he's got, that's guaranteed money anyway, isn't it? That he's on 15 mil guaranteed, depending, no matter what he did. So yeah, um, that's pretty good. So we've got Verstappen and Magnussen on the front row. And then on the second row, Russell and Lando Norris coming in behind them. So um, that will be an interesting race. Look forward to that. And we're going to look forward to more fun and mayhem as we do at Mayhem Collectibles. Get ready for mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles, the parade at Norb when we come back next week. Raf Casey, uh, thanks very much for joining us here on the show this morning. Hope you enjoyed it. Yes, it's been good. Thanks for having me. Checks in the mail. We'll get Bungie onto that as well because we might have to dock some of his pay before we're able to get uh, to get him back. But he'll be back on the show next week, hopefully, Brett Maher. Um, let's hope so. And just on our Twitter poll for who's going to win the World Cup, um, the weather has come in at 57% as a winner. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if that comes true. Uh, trust you've enjoyed it here on our Sunday morning, the Bungie and Brettster Show. We love being with you. We'll be back at it again 9.30 next Sunday. Stay with us now for Trackside with Miles Fitzner and Dave Taggart. And the World Cup T20 final special gets underway from 2pm. The game to follow after that. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.